Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. He's able. He's able. Praise the name of Jesus. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 12. It's wonderful how the Lord orchestrates things. Every song this morning has been focused on, partly on what I'm going to talk about today, and especially this last song, because it focuses on hope, and the hope that we have in God, even though we didn't say that in the song. But we don't give up on God. We hope in God. That hope will not disappoint us. So today in Hebrews, I mean Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, the word says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the the desire comes, it is a tree of life. I want to talk about handling deferred hope effectively. Handling deferred hope effectively. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void. It accomplishes all that you desire. And you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives. Thank you, Father. Grant me a fresh anointing now of your spirit to minister under your anointing, to communicate your word effectively. Be glorified. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, or when desire is fulfilled, actually, that's what it says there. It is a tree of life. Proverbs is called wisdom literature. The book of wisdom. One of the things that we need as we go through life is the wisdom of God. So if you read the book of Proverbs, can somebody say, if I read? If I read. Amen. If you read the book of Proverbs, you're going to get wisdom. Or you're going to get knowledge, all right? And then wisdom is the ability to to apply that knowledge. But it's key that that you read it. You know, you can't go to bed with the Bible under your pillow and expect knowledge to be transferred into your head. 
you know. You can't just keep the Bible as a decorative piece in your house and expect knowledge to be transferred to you. We have to, we have to read it, study it. We have to take it in. We have to meditate over mull over it. Allow the Holy Spirit to, 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 to teach us the truth of it so that we can embrace it and live by it. <clears throat> this, this passage of Scripture is an interesting passage of Scripture and is well worth us considering and considering deeply. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Just, just think about that. Has your heart ever been sick because you were waiting on something to happen? And it seemed like it was taking forever for it to happen. Somebody might be waiting on something right now and it has not happened. Now, there's, there is, pray with me so that I can deliver this word correctly. So, deferred hope makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled, a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. It's nothing, for, nothing strange for people to have deferred hope. You've just answered the question. Everybody in here has had experienced deferred hope in your lives. In, in all people's lives, at some point or another, People experience deferred hope. And for many in such times, they feel this sickness of heart that the scripture is speaking of. And maybe you've experienced the sickness of heart that the scripture is speaking of. Now, what's our theme for this year? Make application. Make application. So it's one thing to read the Bible, but it's another thing to make application of what the Bible says. Okay. And this should be answering some questions as you go along, as we go along in, this, in the message. And in every message that you hear, for it to work, you have to work it. Amen. You have to make application of the word for it to work. Amen. Amen. It is active and alive. It is quick and powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. And over the course of time, God will do what he wants to do in you if you're receiving the word. But in your present situation, you've got to make application. You've got to make, you want to experience what the word of the Lord says. You've got to make application. Yeah, yeah. So, if, 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 if for some people, they don't experience this sickness of heart that deferred hope brings and other people do, then the question that I asked of the text and of the spirit is, what's the difference? And this is the question that I was talking with a friend of mine Monday Tuesday, it may have been last week, and, and, and he was sharing the scripture with me, and we began to talk about the scripture, and I began to look at the scripture, and, and, I, and I asked, well, sometimes people don't, 
Because when you read this, you would assume that, that everybody experiences sicknesses of, sickness of heart when hope is deferred, or that this scripture applies across the board all of the time. Okay? But experience teaches, can someone say experience? Experience teaches that what I experienced when I was a baby in the Lord, I no longer experience as a mature believer in the Lord. Because something has taken place in the process as I've grown into maturity. I've learned some things. So in the course of time, I've learned how to deal with deferred hope. Yeah. And not don't even look at deferred hope the way I looked at it when I was a babe in the Lord. So what's the difference? What's the difference? And I'm led to talk to us about this today because it's a critical issue in the body of Christ. It's critical. People, people are hurting. People are struggling. People get upset. People are disappointed and they leave the church. They leave God because God doesn't move when they want him to move. Now, everything I'm going to talk about doesn't apply to people who are, who are at least in the body of Christ, but, but it's going to help us along the way. All right. First of all, what is hope? Hope is rendered, renders a word based on the verb meaning to wait. And in some instances in the Old Testament, uh, it means waiting with expectation and trust in God's deliverance. So that's what we want to talk about as far as hope is. We, hope means then for us that we're waiting in expectation for God to move in our situations and on our behalf. Okay. The third... Translate the passive form of a verb whose basic meaning is to drag or to draw out as in a long, drawn-out process. Hope, hope, waiting uh, in expectation and trust in God's deliverance can sometimes be long and drawn out for people. Now, sometimes, sometimes people are waiting on God um, to do something um, I just got to say this and I'm not talking about anybody in particular I'm just talking about what, what the Lord gave me alright okay. because it's easily, it's easily feel like well pastor talking about me well just said the Lord is speaking to you just look at it like that you know don't, don't think that I'm, I'm I'm talking about you all right, so just, just said the Lord is, is speaking to me this morning. Can somebody say the Lord is speaking to me this morning? Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and uh, maybe he's knocking at the door of your heart today. Uh, this long, drawn out process of waiting uh, for God to do something can make your heart sick. Anything deferred involves waiting. Anything deferred, if you're going to get it, involves waiting. Heart in this verse is expression 
that represents not just a mental or the emotional center, but rather the whole person, makes the whole person sick. So it's not, you're not just sick in your emotions, but, but when hope is deferred, it affects your whole body. You know, it's sort of like stress, you know. Stress will make you have a heart attack. Stress will affect your diet, it'll affect your appetite, it'll cause you to lose weight. I mean, it just has a a negative effect on your body. So hope deferred can have a negative effect on a person. You know, the thing I love about the Lord is he doesn't hide things from us. If we will get in his word and study his word, this truth that's in the word will make us free. The problem is we don't get in the word. So then when trouble comes, we're not in the word. We haven't, we haven't studied. And so then all of this stuff starts happening to us. And now we turn back to God and say, God, why? He doesn't hide things from us. He said, in the world, you'll have tribulation. Yeah, you're going to have it. You live in this life. Trouble is going to come. It's just going to come. You don't want it to come, but it's just going to come. Amen. Count it all joy when you fall in the diverse tribes. How many of you deliberately fall? We're trying to stand up. We're not trying to fall. No. But you will fall sometimes. Count it joy when you fall. Now the Bible has pointed this out to us. So God is not trying to hide the fact that there will be deferred hope in our lives. And that deferred hope will make the whole body sick. It will feel like you're crushed. Hope deferred can be that way. But let me tell you right now that it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, so then what we need to do is, is asking ourselves the question then, why does a person have to go through the process of deferred hope? And I asked the Lord that. Because oh, no. I'm, I'm trying, to exp- trying to grasp this scripture. I didn't ask the Lord because I needed to know. I asked the Lord so I can explain it a little bit better. All right? Because I know that I'm going to go through deferred hope sometimes in my life. Amen. But I tell you what, it's not going to make my heart sick. Not now. Mm. 40, 30 years ago, I might have got sick. I might have felt like giving up. I might have felt like turning, turning the towel. But my brothers and sisters, and I'm not saying this because I think I'm better than anybody else. I am not challenging the devil. I'm just speaking the truth. Amen. I stand on the word of the Lord. I don't know what tomorrow will bring, but I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know what trouble will come in my life, but I know who is the God who gives victory in my life. And I know that victory belongs to Jesus, and because it belongs to Jesus, it belongs to me. So I'm not thinking about being crushed under the pressure. No, 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 no. I just believe if the Lord lets me go through some pressure, he's trying to press something else out of me. Hallelujah, because you can't get the oil out of the olive until it goes through the press. Hallelujah, and I thank God for sending me through the press in my life. Amen, over these 40, over these, who glory to God. Amen, over these 50 years of salvation, I thank God for taking me through the press of life. Amen, and he's pressed me, and he's, 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 he's broken me, and he's put me back together, and he's strengthened me. So now I believe. 
whatever comes, I'm going to bear up under the pressure because I'm not doing this in my own strength. I am doing this in the strength of the Lord. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So when I ask the question, I'm trying to get a better clarity of this because you just read this and you go on and, and you got to go and you got to read, you got to read the commentaries because the commentary will help you a whole lot. All right. So when I ask the question, why do people go through the third hole? Okay. It's important to know this. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, whew. let me see here. Yeah. Some people, yeah, somebody say some people. Some people despise the word of the Lord. That doesn't mean that they don't ask God in a time of trouble. Because in a time of trouble, people will call out God. And they will call on God. They hadn't been thinking about God. They just been living their lives. They, they just been doing whatever they wanted to do. But in a time of, time of trouble, Jesus! Oh, Jesus! They don't even know who he is, but they'll call him. Verse 13 says, He who despises the word will be destroyed. But he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. Now, I'm not going to deal a whole lot with will be destroyed because I don't want people destroyed. God doesn't want people destroyed, right? It's not his will that anyone perish, but that all come to repentance. So our purpose in this message is not to talk about the destruction of people, but it does happen. When hope is deferred, in a person's life, and they've been despising the word of the Lord, then they've opened themselves up for destruction. All right? So the, the, the point here, the, the, the focus here is on the fact that when, when some people's hearts are crushed under the pressure of deferred hope, part of the reason for some, not everybody, is that some people have lived their lives despising the word of the Lord. They don't want to hear the word. They don't want to hear the word. They don't want to hear anything the word has to say. They, that there is scorn in their hearts for the word of the Lord. Uh, the Hebrew word davar is used here when it talks about uh, the word of the Lord. It means counsel, advice, command, teaching, or even law. So, so, so some people despise the counsel of God. Some people despise the advice of the Lord. Because when, when someone comes to you and asks you a question about something and you tell them what the word says, you're just giving them God's advice. It's not your opinion that matters. You know, those of us who are believers, we understand that, that, that our opinions really don't matter. What's really going to help you is to share with you what we've learned from studying and walking with the Lord. But some people despise the counsel, the advice, the commands, the teachings, even the law of God. They may not even say it with their mouths. People who are older than me, the old people would say, Judging by your deeds and actions. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> Judging by your deeds and actions, you despise the word of the Lord. So when trouble comes, 
or when hope is deferred, when, when you got in trouble and you prayed and you called God in a time of trouble, but, but before, before the trouble comes, you just didn't want to do, have anything to do with the word of the Lord. It's no wonder your heart is sick. It's no wonder you're crushed when that hope that you, when that expectation is long and drawn out. Mm. Yep. So, that first group, those people that despise the word of the Lord, they pray, they want something good to happen because we say, well, God, you did it for that person. Why don't you do it for me? What makes me different from someone? Nope. If you studied, and those of you who went out Wednesday night Bible study, we talked about Jesus, what Jesus said about, you know, what people would say Jesus, God would make differences in people. And the Bible says the Lord wouldn't commit himself to anybody because he knows what's in man. Yeah. We look at the outward appearance, but God is looking at the heart. You know, and I couldn't think of, I didn't spend much time trying to think of, of the term, but I, it, it, it's coming back up now, and I, I didn't think of the term of, you know, somebody who just hands out goodies to any and everybody. No, God is not in that business. He's not in that business. Yeah, it rains on the just as well as the unjust, but when there are specific things in your life that you ask God for and you've been despising him, he's just not handing out stuff. Amen. He's keeping his stuff for his children who are faithful to him. Amen. He's keeping that for us because daily he wants to load us with benefits. Yeah. The word of the Lord is important. The word of the Lord is important in this life. If you study the word and if you make application of it, it will be a lamp to your feet. And a light to your path. Just think of the image. So you're in darkness. You don't know which way to turn. You don't know which way to go. You're in a desperate situation, but you've been in the word. So now that word becomes a lamp. That word becomes a light to you. Amen. It, it shows you the way that you should take. Amen. It shows you, amen, any pitfalls that might be along the way, any trouble that might be along the way. The word. The word is important. How do we get people to understand that you, you need to be in the word of the Lord? You need to be. Why is it that, 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 that you would go to school and you would, you, would, you would learn all of the rudiments of your profession? All right. Why do you do that? You do that because you want to know what to do. You want to know how to maneuver. You want to know how to excel. Well, what is the difference when it comes to Christianity? What is the difference when it comes to the important things of life? You should want to know how to excel. You should want to know how to maneuver in life. And you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that spiritual wisdom, that spiritual knowledge. You're not going to get it from a psychology book. You're not going to get it from a biology book. You're not going to get it uh, from, a, from, a, from a geometry book. You're not. You get the worldly knowledge, but the spiritual knowledge, whew, 
Then there are those who know God, who know of God, and have a casual relationship with him. Because, you know, those of you who are in here, you don't fit in that first category. I hope not. <laughs> uh, and maybe you don't fit in this category. I hope not. But there are those who know God or know of God and have a casual relationship with him. However, they are unfaithful to him. Verse 15 says, good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is what? Are you reading with me? My translation says hard. The way of the unfaithful is hard. Oh. So they're those people that are, they're just unfaithful. They may even come to the church. But they don't walk with the Lord. They're not faithful in their walk with the Lord. Trouble is going to come. You're going to expect something from the Lord. Your hope is going to be deferred. And if you're unfaithful to the Lord, you're going to feel that sickness of heart. Mm. Yeah. The way becomes hard. You might say the joys of the Lord is your strength, but didn't you find yourself trying to find that strength? Because if you're not faithful to the Lord, the joy of the Lord is not coming in your life. That's not because I said it. That's just because that's the way it is. The joy of the Lord becomes your strength when you're faithful to him and you find joy in him. And that joy in him becomes your strength. So then you do know how and you learn how to count it all joy. Not that you're joyful that it happened. But there is something. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. But there is something that's, that's happening in the midst of what I'm going through that I, I can't see. The Lord didn't give me the ability to see. Amen. Because he wants me to trust him in the process. But if I'm unfaithful, I am just making my way harder. And I can't blame God for what I'm not doing. Amen. I can't. I can't. You can't blame God if he put the book there and you don't have a desire for the book. That's on you. Because when you begin to eat the scroll, who will start tasting good? One of my wife's cousins posted on Facebook, she made persimmon ice cream. I was like, Lord, wonder what, that, what does that taste like? I bet that's good. And you can start eating stuff like that and you want more and more and more of it. We were out at dinner last night and at the end, Way at the end, after we couldn't eat all the food that we had already ordered, Elder Stowe ordered a dessert. And here they are passing around. Oh, Sister Erica ordered a dessert. <laughs> and here they are passing the plate around. And I said, no, I'm not eating that sweet stuff. Not this time of night. Because you start eating out and it's good. And then you do like somebody else be getting the last piece off the plate. 
So what happens is when, when, when you begin to get in this word, you discover so much wonderful things, so many wonderful things in the word, and you want more and more and more and more of it. Am I telling the truth? Yeah, you do, but you, you guess what? You got to start eating this. I can tell you it's good all day long. I can tell you it's helpful all day long, but until you get in this yourself. And let me tell you something. Getting in the word is totally different from enjoying a sermon that's preached. Because you can enjoy the sermon, but, but the Lord wants you to enjoy the word. You see, in the sermon, we add some frills to it. Yeah, yeah. We, we do inflection in our voices. We get excited, and you get excited too, you know. And then in the old church, you know, we add a little bit of music to it. Amen. And we would enjoy the message. But the Lord wants you to get in the word. He wants you to enjoy this word because Sunday is only, that sermon is only going to be 45 minutes to an hour. But you got the rest of the week to live. You got the rest of the week to deal with the attacks of the enemy. You have the rest of the week to deal with the things that you go through in life. You have the rest of the week to be thinking about that hope that you have been expecting God for that has not yet come to pass. 45 minutes is just not going to get it. No, no, you got you to get in this word. Amen. Amen. You got to get in this word. I experienced something the other night, and I don't experience this often. Uh, but, I, but I had this, this terrible dream, and why I had it, I don't know. But, but someone was trying to break in wherever I was, and they were talking to somebody on the outside, and when they came in, they were going to kill me, and I'm struggling trying to say something, and I couldn't say anything. Glory to the name of Jesus. But there's something I know to say. There's a name that I know to call on. And when I couldn't get anything out, I got Jesus out. And when I got Jesus out, I woke up from my sleep. My wife said, what's going on? What's wrong with you? Didn't matter what was wrong with me. The, the, the thing was, I knew, and I kept thinking about that thing all day long. I knew who to call. I knew whose name to shout. Amen. Mama couldn't help me. Daddy couldn't help me. Amen. You know, I, I knew that there is a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, demons have to flee. At the name of Jesus, sicknesses have to flee. At the name of Jesus, situations turn around. But I had to call on the name Jesus. Unfaithful people, don't, you don't know that. You just don't know that. Without experience in the Lord, you don't know that. There's something you learn as you walk with the Lord. Yeah. <sighs> you learn. And you don't have to be in trouble. Right. Uh, you just begin to think about it. Yeah. And it's Jesus. Hmm. Jesus. 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 Sometimes you just, just call his name Jesus. Oh God, when you're in prayer and you don't know what else to say, just call his name Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Whew. So there are, there, are, there, are, there, are, there are the people who despise the word, the, the people who are unfaithful uh, to God. They just, 
You know, they, they know about him. That maybe at one point they given, they accepted him verbally as Savior and Lord. Uh, but but there's no walk with the Lord. They're unfaithful. <laughs> yeah, and that way becomes hard. And and when and when deferred hope sets in, uh, they, they, they're moving to that place of being crushed under that deferred hope. And in addition to those, there are those people whose lives are filled with folly. Filled with folly. Yeah. Uh, Verse 16 says, every prudent man. Now, you notice there are some comparisons going on here. So when you go back and study this, look at the comparisons. I mean, I'm not going to talk about all of this today. All right. Uh, Every prudent man acts with knowledge. But a fool lays open his folly. You know what that means? A foolish person. A foolish person puts his folly on the display. You know, like, you know, you go in a store, you go in, go in Publix, and what do you see? You see food, but what do you see? You see it on display. Yep. So Valentine's Day is coming up, so I guarantee if you go in Publix today, when you walk in the door, you're going to see Valentine's candy, you're going to see flowers, you're going to see more than they had before. It's going to be on display. You go into clothing stores, they have things laid out on display. Uh, they don't just have things on a rack, but they have them on display. And, and, and the Bible says, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the wise man acts with knowledge. The prudent man acts with knowledge. But a fool puts his foolishness on display. Hmm. How does this tie to deferred hope? Well, even the foolish man at some point or another is going to call on God. But his his attention has not been on honoring God. His attention has been put in his foolishness or her foolishness on display. Sometimes you look at people and you say, Lord, have mercy. They're just foolish. Everything come out of their mouth is foolish. The way they act is foolish. They get joy out of acting foolish. (laughs) In each of these situations, people can and do ask for and expect things from God at different points in their lives. However, there's no relationship or no serious relationship with God in their lives. And it's evidenced by their own actions. You know, a tree... By the fruit that it bears. We're not fruit inspectors. God didn't give us that job. But it's difficult not to say when you see the apples on the tree, it'd be foolish for you to say that's a peach tree. Because it's not a peach tree. And you see it. And so things that are evidenced by people's actions, and, and you know, folk don't want you to talk about this stuff, but, but the purpose for us talking about it is that if we are in any of these situations, we need to bring our lives in line. Yeah, yeah. It's evidenced by, by the actions, despising the word of God, being unfaithful to God, being unfaithful to his word, ignoring instructions, living life filled with foolishness, living the life of the wicked. It talks about the wicked down in here. But saints, when you deal with knowing how to handle deferred hope effectively, relationship with God is what's important. Yeah, 
is vital. Relationship with God is really vital in the whole scheme of life. And, and that relationship can't, can't, can't simply be a casual relationship. That, this relationship with God has to be a serious relationship. You're not in relationship with God just because you believe. Not a serious relationship. You're not in a serious relationship with God just because you go to church. You're not. You're not. Yeah. This relationship has to be serious. It has to be God honoring. It has to be a growing relationship because we need this in our lives. Amen. We are spirit beings living in a, in a spiritual world. Reality is in the realm of the spirit. Amen. And we've got to catch this. We've got to understand this. Amen. We've been created in the image and likeness of God. God is a spirit. Yes, we live in a body, but we are spirit beings. And in the spirit realm, it's not just God. Amen. We've got to understand this. In the spirit realm, Satan is there as well. He is the prince of the power of the air. When God expelled him, kicked him out of heaven, he took one third of the demons, of the angels with him. And there are myriads of angels. We don't know how many demons there are in the earth realm. But they're in the earth realm. It's not just God. So we cannot live like it's just God. There is an enemy who opposes us. Lord have mercy. I wish I wish people would get that because folk don't folk don't folk don't get that. Folk don't get that. This relationship with God has to be serious. We've got to know the one who created the world and everything that's in the world, who created us. So so if I want to know how to operate a thing, I need to get the instructions from the one who created it, made it. And that's simple. If If I buy, we buy a new keyboard, I guarantee you as much as uh, Brother Kenton knows about keyboards. There's going to be something that he's going to need the operational manual for. Right. Amen. Amen. Why is it that we think we don't need God or His Word? This, this is the operational manual. How you live in your life without reading the instructions? Well, I read John three sixteen. That's one verse in the whole scheme of the Bible. Well, I started reading, but I never got through it. How old are you? How old are you? Yeah, yeah. We can't, we can't, we can't live this life outside of God. We can't live this life without God. We need his wisdom. We need God's care. We need, we need God's love. We need God's protection. We need God's provision. We need God's salvation. 
Amen. We need him. We cannot live life without him. We can't live life the way we want to live it. And then in the time of trouble, go to God and ask a favor of him and expect God to step up and step up, step out and give what we want. I know the church has taught this. We've thought the te- television definitely teaches, teaches it. Society teaches. Just do whatever you want to get in trouble. Call God. If you live that way, that expectation, that hope that you have when you ask of God will end up deferred. Sometimes you don't get an answer at all. And then your heart will be sick, crushed. In that sickness of heart, Satan immediately seizes the opportunity to take the advantage of the individual. You wonder why people commit suicide? Satan has taken the advantage. Because Satan comes to do what? Say it specifically and loudly. What's the second one? What's the second one? What's the third one? What's the first one? First thing he's going to do is steal from you. Yeah, he's going to start stealing from you. Now, what you need to do now, just if you've never done it, stop and think back in your life, and think about all of the things that the devil has stolen. In our ignorance and our disobedience, we put ourselves in situations where Satan starts stealing from us, and he moves that to killing. And he doesn't, that killing is not necessarily a, first of all, a physical killing. And it may not start with you. It may start with your children. Yeah. It may start with your marriage. But eventually it's going to get to you. Whew. And you know, when you get outside of the will of the Lord, you're already spiritually dead. When you, don't, well, when you don't accept Christ, you're already spiritually dead. Then he destroys. He destroys. Yeah. So that when he comes in, he takes advantage of that sickness of heart to push one to the place of despair. So he doesn't have to pick up the dagger and stab you in your heart. You're in such despair that you do it yourself. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you have it more abundantly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now it's important to note, and I, and I said this in the beginning, and I spent a lot of time on that. I'm almost done, all right? I hope I don't have to spend as much time on this part. It's important to note that, that, that hope is deferred in all of our lives. I said that earlier, Okay. We've all experienced that. Somebody, somebody may be experiencing that right now. But deferred hope is a part of the growth process because God is committed to our growth. Amen? He placed in the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, spiritual gifts for the perfect, for the equipment of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So until we come into a mature body 
to the stature of the fullness of Christ. So he's given these gifts in the church, not in the world. Amen. So where do we need to be if we want to grow up in the Lord? In the church. You're not going to get what you need to get because there's not enough of us to go to everybody's house and sit down with you and have a Bible study. We need you to join the force so you can understand that you need to be a part of this process. Then you see, you can't go to everybody's house. So the Lord wants us to help mature you so that you become one of those teachers. Why is it that everybody in here is not a teacher? Why is it that some people can sit under the teaching and get equipped and then some other people, when you ask them what to do, I don't know what to do. Where you been? What have you been listening to? How have you been preparing yourself? I'm not fussing at you. I'm just preaching loud. I'm just getting excited. But this, are you hearing me? Because our, the, purpose, the purpose of this ministry is to prepare everybody that's, that's saved to be a part of this work so you know what to do, when to do it, how to do it. So everybody has, has experiences to deferred uh, hope, uh, but everybody's heart does not get sick. What's the difference in the one whose hearts are crushed when hope is deferred and the one, ones who are able to endure when hope is deferred? The difference is that we trust in God and we stand on his promises. And I don't say that boastfully or proudly. Well, I'm glad I stand on the promise. I'm not trying to be boastful or being lifted up in pride by saying that. But the difference, and there is a difference. There is a difference. We trust in God and we stand on this promise. The scripture we read earlier from Romans said, this hope will not disappoint us. Why will, will the hope in God not disappoint? Because it is rooted in God, and God is a God of his word. God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he a son of man that he should repent. Amen. God watches over his word to perform his word. Amen. And we stand on his word. We know that his word is truth. We know that when he speaks truth, He's going to perform that truth that he's spoken. Yeah. And that's the truth we know, so we stand on it. We stand on it. Yes. Jesus said, you will know the truth. And what will the truth do? It'll make you free. But before he said that, he said, <laughs> hallelujah, knowing the truth comes from being my disciple. Amen. Hey, it comes in a growing relationship with, with me. Because if you continue in my word, John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I got to continue. I got to continue. There's some things I didn't catch when I was younger. There are some things, even when I went to Sunday school as a boy, there are things I didn't catch, but because I continued. Because I continued. I didn't start preaching yesterday. I continued. 
Amen. I didn't just pick up a Bible and say, God called me to preach. No, 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 no. I was in the Sunday school. Amen. I was in the church. I was in the fellowship of believers. I didn't just go and sit down either. I was engaged. I was involved. Amen. I was an usher. I was a choir member. Amen. I was a junior deacon. I was involved. Amen. I loved the worship of the Lord. Amen. I went to prayer meeting. Amen. I went to devotion. It might have been the old-fashioned kind, but I learned to get on my knees and pray. I learned the line of hymn. I learned to sing a song. I learned to love the songs of Zion. That's why I love that song. That's the hymn that says, I love thy church, oh God. Amen. Your walls before me stand. Dear as the apple of thine eye. Amen. Engrave it on thy hand. I love the church of the Lord. I didn't just pick up a Bible because I was walking down through the forest somewhere and, 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 and I heard a voice. Say, go preach. I might have had indigestion that day if I, if I did it like that. And some people do have indigestion. And once they say it one thing, they don't have anything else to say. But if you continue, whoo, yeah, yeah, you got to continue. Amen. Amen. The truth includes knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge informs us of the ins and outs of hope and faith. Knowledge lets us know that we don't get everything we ask for right away. Knowledge, <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. Knowledge lets us know, and, and this is something that the, that the wicked don't have. The, the knowledge of God, they have the knowledge that, 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 that comes through continuing in the word of the Lord. The unfaithful don't have this. The foolish don't have this, saints. Amen. It's no sense in you think folk will get drunk. And all of the scripture they ever studied will start coming up. Amen. Well, you need that scripture when you ain't drunk. Amen. You need that scripture to help you stay out of that bottle. Amen. 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 You need that scripture to help you live by. Amen. Amen. Why do you have to have a bottle to bring up all of this stuff? Lord, help us today. Help us today. I'm almost done, y'all. I'm almost done. Yeah. Knowledge informs us. Amen. The knowledge of God informs us. Amen. It informs our faith. It informs our hope. This is something that the wicked do not do not have. With that knowledge, Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. Holy Spirit gives us the ability to apply knowledge. So when I ask God for something, that and, and I begin to expect God to do it, amen, if I ask him, I'm going to expect him to do it, amen, amen, and I expect him to do it. Hope for that thing is stirred in me. I'm hoping for it. I am expecting for it. I am trusting for it. I know that my faithful God, amen, begins working on my behalf. But I also know that if he doesn't answer me right away, or if he does not give me the answer that I expect, I know that my God is up to something. I don't see it. I don't know it. Amen. It's beyond me. 
Amen. But he is up to something on my behalf. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Amen. And it's going to be good, y'all. Huh? When God blesses, it's going to be good. Amen. It may, when I'm going through what I'm going through, it doesn't feel good. Amen. It's like the olive in the press. Amen. If the olive could, could, could speak, the olive would be screaming. The olive would be saying, that hurt. Help. I'm in this process. It hurts. But the olive can't say anything. But just go through the press. Amen. And your God gets the oil out. Amen. And when the oil comes out, hallelujah, the olive may be gone. But the oil is going to bless so many other people. Oh, you got to get this, y'all. You got to get this. You see, Paul talks about his life being poured out. Amen. My life is being poured out into you. So I understand that this is not about me. Amen. Whatever God allows me to go through is to bless my wife, is to bless my son, is to bless the congregation. Amen. It's to bless somebody in the world. If he doesn't answer me, the way I want him to answer me. Ooh. And if his answer doesn't feel good to me, it's good for me. But most of all, it'll be good for his plan of salvation. Amen. It'll be good for the advancement of his kingdom. Amen. Because it was his will. Amen. It's his will. Hallelujah. And it's his kingdom that is most of all, that is most important. So when Jesus hung on that cross and died, Hallelujah. Do you think it felt good when they nailed those nails in his hands and his feet? Do you think it felt good when they pierced him in his side? Do you think it felt good when they put that crown of thorns on his head? Do you think it felt good when he hung there, suspended between earth and heaven? Amen. For those hours on the cross. Amen. He said, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? But he had to hang there because if he had come down we wouldn't be here today if he had not died, our sins would not have been atoned for. If he had not died, amen, that would not have been a church. If he had not died, the gospel would not have been preached. If it had not died, I wouldn't have been saved. You wouldn't have been saved. If it had not, if he had not died. Ooh. Hallelujah. So what I'm going through as a saint Amen. My hope is not, I don't get sick if my hope is deferred because I know that all things work together for good, for the good of those, amen, who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So all I got to do is wait. Amen. All I got to do is wait. If I wait, my hope, hallelujah, my hope may be delayed, but it does not mean that it's been denied. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. All I've got to do is wait. Amen. I might have some headaches along the way, but if I wait, amen, hallelujah, I might cry in the midst of it, but if I wait, amen, I might get thrown in the fiery furnace, but if I wait, I might get thrown in the lion's den, but if I wait, hallelujah, the Lord will go in the den before me. The Lord will close the lion's mouth. The Lord will take the heat out of the fire and not one inch of me will be singed. If I wait, if I wait, amen, this comes of knowledge 
hallelujah, that I've learned over the years. Amen. When times are hard. Amen. I used to hear my mama crying and praying. Amen. And, and, and my daddy was the only one that worked. And that was, that was, that was, they had 10 children at home. Amen. At the same time, there were 11 of us. Amen. But I used to hear mama crying and praying. And sometimes she'd say, the Lord will make a way somehow. Amen. I will see her take one can of salmon. I can eat almost a whole can of salmon by myself now. But I will see her take one can of salmon. Amen. And put some flour in it and some eggs in it. And she give feed all 12, all 11 of us, including daddy. And she said the Lord will make her way somehow. Amen. Glory to the name of Jesus. I will see mama sick and she'd be praying. And she's saying, we're going to wait on God. And I will see God come through. I had to learn this, saints. I had to walk with God long enough to learn that the Lord will make a way. So all I got to do is wait on him. Is anybody waiting on God today? Is anybody waiting on God today? Keep on waiting. Amen. Keep on waiting. Desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Desire fulfilled is a fountain of life. It's a life-giving fountain. When you wait on God, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. All you're going through right now, but keep on waiting. Your strength is going to be renewed. Hallelujah. I don't understand it. I do not understand it because I'm not a woman. But I heard that when a lady has a baby, that's the closest thing to dying when she's going through that birth process. Hallelujah. I don't understand why after she had a baby, then she's coming back to her husband again saying, I want another baby. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't understand why mama had 13 children. Two of them died. I don't understand it, glory to God, if having that baby is so painful. But it's something about renewed strength. It's something about the process. Hallelujah. God takes us through. You might be suffering now. You might be crying now. But God. You'll renew your strength. You mount up with wings as eagles. You'll run and not get weary. You will walk and not faint, but you gotta wait on it. You gotta wait on it. If you're going through something right now, hallelujah, just know this God is with you. If you are a believer, God is with you. Maybe you're not where you ought to be in the Lord, but this ought to teach you to get to where you need to get to. Amen. This is not a plaything. I'm not, I'm not wasting my time up here. I'm not sweating out my clothes. Amen. Having to send stuff to the dry cleaner every week. I'm not wasting money. Amen. I'm not wearing out my voice to play with you. Maybe I don't have to preach this hard. But whew, sometimes I get excited too. Mm. When I think of the goodness of Jesus. Oh, when I think about how this thing works. Now, well now, now is not what somebody told me. But I'm glad that I stayed long enough to find out for myself. Ooh, yeah, thank God for daddy. Thank God for grandmama. Thank God for mama. Thank God for my pastor. Thank God for what he told me. But I'm glad that I stayed long enough to find out for myself. 
That's how this thing works. You got to know this for yourself. Then you learn how to deal effectively with deferred hope. The key is, it's simple to say, I know the process is difficult, but it's not that difficult. You just got to give yourself to doing it. The key is learning to trust in God. The hope that he gives us will not disappoint us. I don't see the whole process. I don't know the whole process. Now I'm looking through a dim glass. Can't see clearly. But the day is going to come that I'm going to see just as I'm seen. I'm going to know just as I'm known. But I got to wait. I got I to gotta get there. Amen. That's the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I pray that the word bless you today. Handling deferred hope effectively. You're going to have it. It's how you handle it that makes the difference. It's how you handle it that makes the difference. Your heart doesn't have to be sick. If it's sick, it doesn't have to stay sick. The Lord is committed to ministering to you. So here we are. Our theme is make application. We got to make application of this. Let me tell you, situations will arise. For some of you, something might happen today. Before you get home, before you go to bed tonight, that you will need to make application of this word. Make it. Make it. And you see how God will move on your behalf. You see the truth of the word. It's the truth that makes us free. Let's stand. Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void. It accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Yes, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled, a desire fulfilled, is a tree fountain of life. Thank you that we don't have to stay on the first part of that verse. Thank you that we can settle. We can build our houses, raise our families, retire at a longing fulfilled as a tree of life. Thank you, Lord. Bless your people. There's anybody today who doesn't know you as Savior and Lord, I pray that you will draw them to you this day. In Jesus' name, amen.
If you're in the sanctuary or if you're watching us online and you don't know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, we want to give you an opportunity to make the connection, to accept Christ as Savior and Lord. When you come to the Lord, when you think about the word that was preached today, if you just focus even on that scripture, get to that turning point, but a desire fulfilled. At that point, that's where we make the commitment. We're going to stay with the Lord. So it's one thing to come and not be serious. It's one thing to come and not stay. But the difference comes when you come and as Jesus says, you continue in his word. Then are you his disciple indeed. We don't know what life brings. So you can start out. But it's a daily trusting process. It's a daily growth process. You're in this word and you sit under the teaching and you're connected to the body. Things are going to happen. People are going to try to pull you away. Satan will use people to try to pull you away. Pull you back out into the world. Pull you. And, and the key, the, the, the thing that Satan is, he's not just trying to get you back in the world. He wants you away from God. Now, he doesn't want you to accept him, first of all. But if you do, he's going to be working to try to pull you away. He's done that to so many people. There might be somebody who needs to, wants to accept Christ as Savior and Lord. There might be somebody who needs to reconnect. Who needs to reconnect, to recommit yourself to the Lord. And we want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. I'm going to pray the, the prayer of salvation. If you're not saved and you want to be saved, I want you to pray this prayer along with me. I'm just leading you. It has to be a decision of your own will. I can't, I can't make you saved. Words just don't make you saved. You're saved by your faith in the finished work of Christ on Calvary, which means that what Jesus did on the cross was he satisfied God's law that said the soul that sins shall surely die. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, a God who came in flesh, died on that cross for you. Satisfied divine justice that you deserve to satisfy. He took your place. He took your place. He satisfied God's justice so that you could be saved. You may not understand it all. Just believe it. And we'll help you understand it. If you will believe and give your life to Jesus, the Lord promises you that he is saved. He will save you right then and right there. All right? So I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. Lord Jesus, I believe what the preacher said. You died on the cross. You took my place in death and satisfied God's righteous law on my behalf thank you Jesus 
I accept your sacrifice for me. Come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I receive you now. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Amen. That's simple. But what we want you to do is we want you to write to us. Let us know the decision that you've made. You can either write it there in the comment section, somebody is watching, or you can write, go to our website, and there's a place on our website, topraise.org, where you can give us your information so we can follow up with you. If there's anybody that would like to rededicate your life to the Lord, you're in here today. We want to give you that chance to do it right now. You can come down front. You raise your hand where you are. We'll pray with you now. You're watching this online. Dedication, rededicating your life to the Lord is very important. Remember the unfaithful. The unfaithful don't heed the Lord's instructions. The unfaithful, when their hearts are sick from deferred hope, they end up crushed. God wants you faithful. Rededicate, recommit yourself to the Lord today. If you want to do that, just pray this simple prayer. Lord, at one point in my life, I was committed to you, but I fell away. Please forgive me. You said if I confess my sin, you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Lord, I confess my sin to you today. Please forgive me. Please cleanse me. Please restore me in fellowship with you and in fellowship with your church. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Restoration takes place when we confess our sins of the Lord and ask him to restore us. God is a God of his word. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, Lord, for everyone who heard your word. Thank you, God, for bringing this to our attention. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. I pray for each person in here and whatever they may be going through in their lives that deferred hope, that they will understand that deferred hope does not mean delay, that they're not going to get it. It doesn't mean denial. You're working in the midst. You're doing something that we can't understand, that we can't see, that we can't fathom. But it'll be good for the advancement of your kingdom and we will be blessed. So Lord, I pray that you will grant grace to each one of us as we go through the things of life. Help us get to the point where we're trusting you daily. And we're not allowing deferred hope to make our hearts sick because we're learning to hope in you and to wait on you till you do what needs to be done in our lives. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know 
how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.